Hi there, and welcome back for another episode of Pour It Out with Alana Beverly. I'm your host, Alana, and I'm super excited to have you join me again. Today on the podcast, we have another one of our chat with the pastors, um, and we've got Ryan Bash from Brookside Church. And this was a really great conversation. Um, in fact, I would say it's been one of my favorite conversations that I've had so far. We talked about what the Lord is doing here in Chillicothe. Uh, we talked about his family and we just kind of talked about what the Lord's been speaking to him. We talked about Advent a little bit and just a little bit of everything. It was a really fun relaxed conversation, got to know him better. Uh, Pastor Ryan, I have gotten to know he and his family um, a lot better over these last six months, and it's been fun getting to know them. They are wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, But this was the first time that we really got to sit down and have a conversation, and it was fantastic. So um, I hope that you all get to know him through this conversation. And um, that you just get to hear a little bit of his heart. It it was a lot of fun. So anyway, I hope that you will just grab a cup of coffee and enjoy as we pour it out. Before we jump into the episode, I want to tell you all really fast about something really exciting going on this weekend over at Roast Coffee this Sunday, December 11th. They are having Santa over at Roast uh, from 3 to 5 p.m. They will have hot chocolate and cookies, and you can get your picture taken with Santa. Um, It's the sixth year that they've done this, and it is so, so fun. So highly encourage you to go out, take your kids, take your families, take your friends, um, and go check them out three to five this week at Roast Coffee. It is located in the Fort Collective at 107 East 2nd Street. Well, hi, Pastor Ryan. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Wonderful. Thanks for joining me today. Happy to do it. I uh, I keep thinking about the fact that you just have this platform, and I, my wife and I have been thrilled for you because I think uh, you're a great person, but also I think you have an important voice in this community of one who's involved and and cares so much. And so, anyway, I'm well, thanks. Thankful it, for this, and it meant a lot. I want to tell you. Um, you came up to me at basketball a few weeks ago and you were like, Hey, how's the podcast going? And that's, it's super encouraging when Hmm. people like notice that and ask about it. You know, anytime you step out and do something new, it's scary. And so when people care to ask, um, and it was perfectly timed because I literally had you on my calendar for December. And so you asked about it and I was like, great, you want to come be on it? (laughs) (laughs) And so it worked out. So I'm, um, I'm happy that you're here. Um, so to start off with, just give us an intro about you and who you are and family and all of that. Yeah. Um, well, I uh, have been here, let's see, almost seven years. This February will be seven years. Um, my wife, Chrissy, and I have uh, been married for 21 years this, this past June. And we have three kids, um, one in college just recently, one in high school, and then one in second grade. Um, so we have, we have the whole gamut. Um, but yeah, we we moved here from a place called Milford Center, real tiny town outside of Marysville, Ohio. And I um, have probably have spent most of our life in 
like central Ohio, that area. We, we spent a year in Pittsburgh, right? And we got married, but uh, yeah, I've been in, been in ministry since I got out of college in 2001, um, was a youth pastor for six years and then became a, a senior pastor, you know, after that. So where we were before this, we were there for about eight and a half or nine years, kind of raised our, our older kids there. Um, but yeah, we've, we've loved living here in so many ways. I told my wife one time, I've probably told a lot of people this, but um, no, Pittsburgh, again, we were there. It was a really fun time for us. We were there for the first year of marriage, no kids, and just kind of learning what it is to, to be married and all that. Um, and, and you may know Pittsburgh has its own unique brand of um, sort of uh, identity as, as a city and their sports teams and all that. So certainly we felt that in the time there, but even going back into my childhood, I've told people that Chillicothe is, is like one of the first places I've ever been where there is a real sense of um, pride about being from here. And mm -hmm. I love that. I, mm -hmm. the, the places I grew up, I, I certainly, I loved where I grew up um, in the Canal Winchester area. And that has always been meaningful to me, but but there's just this neat thing about the people I've met here who, who a lot of them are from here and it means a lot to them and they can mm -hmm. tell you things about the community and the city. And um, so anyway, it's, it's been awesome. We've had a, a great nearly seven years here for sure. That's crazy that it's been that long. And it's so funny because you say that, but then as somebody who did grow up here, yeah. when you're in the middle of growing up here, you're like, I hate this place yeah, and I can't imagine. wait to move away. Yeah. Yeah, and that I'm, I'm sure that's normal with about anywhere. So I, I do actually, I, I'm glad to hear you say that because it, it is nice to be able to encourage people with that to go know from, from somebody's perspective who, you know, again, I'm not from far from here. I actually grew up, I was born in Lancaster um, and then served in ministry there for a while. My wife spent her whole life in Lancaster before we got married. So it, it's not that far away, yeah. but, but I feel like there is a bit of a different culture here yeah. in this town and in this area. And uh, so from somebody who, at least from some extent or to some extent has, has come from the outside, um, I do see that. And, I, and yeah. I, I hope it is encouraging to hear that because it's um, it's a really neat thing. Yeah. And I think there's been so much that's happened just in the past, like, 10 years. Hmm. Um, so prior to when you came where there's been a lot of like the revitalization and stuff downtown yeah. that has added and contributed to that pride or that, yeah. you know, that proud feeling of being from here, because there's been a lot of people who have moved away and then come back and started businesses. <laughs> and so it's been really neat to see all of that take place and all of that change, but to hear it from somebody as like, quote, quote, outsider, that yeah. you feel the like pride and joy of the people here. It is encouraging. It's fun to, to know that, that we don't, that that's how we come across. Yeah. And that, that, you know, you, you can describe it as something that's happened in the last 10 years and I go, well, that's my only, yeah. that's the only yeah. way I've known it. And so, yeah, there, there's probably a lot of context and background yeah. to what I'm seeing that I don't fully understand because yeah. I wasn't here, but that's really neat. That's really neat. That's an interesting perspective. Um, so speaking of Chillicothe and all of that, what, um, you know, as you pray for our city and, you know, I know that you pastor here at Brookside and stuff. So you have your things that you pray specifically over the church and the people here, but as you pray over our city as a whole, um, what is it do you feel that 
you know, the Lord's kind of speaking over our city? Yeah, the, the biggest thing that has been on my heart, um, and, and maybe part of it is the, uh, the moment we find ourselves in, in this season of Advent and, and uh, this week really focusing in on peace in particular. Um, but every time I've been like praying through that and thinking about that, that notion of peace has, has really come into my heart that I feel like he's, he's got this deep desire to speak peace over this community. Um, I think back about that notion um, where Jesus wept over the city when he came on and, and he made a comment about wanting to gather the people, you know, uh, sort of under his wing in a way. And, and that is the impression I get from the Lord that, that, you know, and you could speak that to, to whomever. So for the, the person who's a part of the city, who doesn't know Christ, who doesn't have a relationship with him, um, I feel like he's longing to speak this piece over, over that person to say, it just doesn't have to be like this, like this brokenness and this striving and this hurting and this, this fear and the way that we react to one another out of that is it doesn't have to be like that. I can give you a piece that you can't fully understand in this moment. If you'll just come and, and receive what I want to do in your heart. Um, but he's speaking it, I believe to the churches and to the Christians who, um, especially in these last couple of years, I've noticed an antagonism. I've noticed, um, you know, a, just a restlessness and an angst and, and even amongst the churches and to say it doesn't, I've already won. You don't have to yeah. win any sort of argument. You don't have to compete with one another. You don't have to scream at the world or the community. Um, I can give you a piece because you already know me. And it's, I, we were talking about this on Sunday, um, within our service is that he's already given it to us. I mean, that's the beauty and the, the joy of Christmas is that yeah. he said, peace, peace on earth um, to whom those on, on whom his favor rests. And, and I'm going, we, especially as a believer, like it's like this gift that he's handed to us that we just, a lot of us haven't opened and, mm -hmm. and we still wrestle with all these worries and fears. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I see that. In, in young people, you think about what, what I feel like is this epidemic of anxiety mm -hmm. um, in all people, but especially mm -hmm. I see it in young people, um, is that I, I sometimes feel like he's just watching us fight and strive and argue and bicker and worry and stress. And he's just weeping over us going, you don't, you don't have to do this. It yeah. doesn't have to be this way. Yeah. And I think sometimes like, I know, so today... It's interesting that you bring this up today um, because I was thinking this morning, so we had just a rough night with one of my kids and um, I woke up just exhausted and then frustrated because I'm like, I have a million things to do today and this was not the night to not sleep and just, <laughs> you know, kind of frustrated. And I just kind of felt that nudge from the Lord of like, you get to choose peace. Yeah. Like it's within you, I've given it to you. And sometimes you have to make that choice. And so, um, I have this like holiday mix thing that I threw on the stove and I started simmering it and it just like smelled up our whole house mm. and it just smelled good. And it was like with each, like the more and more I smelled it and stuff, the more peaceful I felt and the more peaceful, like our home felt. And mm. I think sometimes too, it's like, we forget that we 
we choose those things too. You know, as believers, we get to choose, am I going to choose to be anxious today? Or am I going to choose his peace because Mm -hmm. he's given it to us and his word says, be anxious for nothing. And so, you know, I know it's easier said than done sometimes, but also sometimes you can cut it off at the very beginning and be like, no, 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 not today. It's not going to happen. I'm not going to be anxious. I'm not going to be fearful. I'm not going to be, you know, feeling like I have to prove that I'm right about whatever. Um, I can choose peace. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of those things that it's not a, it's obviously not a new concept, right? Like we've probably all heard the type of things that you and I are saying right now. Uh, But my wife, Christy, and I talk about that a lot is that, look, we we don't choose the things that happen to us. I can't choose what night my kid's going to struggle or anything like that. But um, just like you said, I I can always like, that's the beauty of of this free will that God has given us. So one of the beauties of it is that, is that I can always choose how I react. And, and certainly my, my background, my upbringing, my own hardwiring, I mean, all of those things sort of impact how I respond to things. But at the end of the day, um, you and I both know people who have been through the same stuff or worse stuff than, than either one of us have, mm-hmm. and they respond great. <laughs> yeah. so, so those sorts of things are factors, but, they, but the moment they become a crutch is, is the moment that I've sort of handed that over and said, well, well, then I'm helpless. You yeah. know, I, I'm sort of a victim of my circumstances. And again, we we could, you know, you and I are talking about a, a difficult day or yeah. night. There, there's worse things in the world. But um, yeah, it is it is the thing that I find myself constantly trying to remind myself, especially in a season of busyness and, mm-hmm. and stress. And it's amazing how the, the Christmas season you know, that we always think of, we always look forward to, we think of it, but then when we get into it, so many of us experience like this miserable mm-hmm. stress of chaos and busyness and, and disappointment. Yeah. Right. And, and all of those things, you know, would, would seek to rob that. That's why I love um, what you just said about, about putting on um, something on the oven so that an aroma yeah. is lifted up and you even think about how you see that in the old testament you know yeah. with, with with the impact that an aroma can have yeah um in bringing you back and so i i find that i am um personally i'm, I'm sensitive to those things like like a, a smell or a sound or things mm-hmm. like that so that's a that's a really cool yeah you know, thing to do yeah because it's easy to just get caught up in it or to just stop it like i said and and like you said like we're talking about just like small things sure you know but but even in the big things, you know, he gives us that in Philippians where it says like, you know, with prayer and supplication and, and gratitude, mm-hmm. you know, so even in the hardest of times, like we still can have peace because even in the hardest of times, there's always something to be thankful for. Yeah. And so when you kind of turn your focus to that, peace just is like a byproduct of yeah. it. So, yeah. Um, so you mentioned Advent. Mm-hmm. And, um, the, so the church I grew up in, I grew up in an AME church, um, African Methodist Episcopal church. And so we did Advent every year and it was like a big thing. We have the wreath, we light the candle and they did like a reading on it. And then they would do like a special song about it and stuff. And so it was a huge part of my Mm. like upbringing. And I went to that church until I was like 18. I went all through high school and stuff. And so, But then since then, the churches that I've gone to since then, 
I don't think any of them have ever really talked about it. They may have like touched on it a little bit, but not a lot. And so it's something that kind of got lost. And then you know how it is. Like when you grow up in something, you hate it and you think it's boring and you're like, this is dumb. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of how I was. And then like when it wasn't there anymore, it's like, oh, I kind of miss this. Yeah. And so um, as I've gotten older and as I've developed more of like a personal relationship with Jesus and have walked with him closer and stuff, especially I would say over the last probably five or six years, especially I've had a new found like appreciation for Advent. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but you guys do it. And so we came to church on Sunday and kind of saw how you guys did it. And, um, I, I just love the way that you're doing it. And I'm just curious, is that some, do you guys put an emphasis on Advent because it's something that's important to you or is it something that you just have always done? So you continued it or something that Brookside has always done. So you inherited it. Like, I guess, what does Advent mean to you and how did, how does that go with you? Sure. Um, well, I, I grew up in a church that is a lot like Brookside and, and have not my entire life in ministry, but for a lot of it, I've been in the same, a part of the same you know, denomination. And I, it's not what I would describe as, as particularly liturgical. So that's not um, just really been a part of, of the churches I've been a part of. Um, but personally, I've had a handful of influences over the years who, who are more that way. One of my closest friends from school um, really more grew up in that kind of setting. He had a Methodist background. Um, one of the pastors that that came right at the end of when I was a youth pastor to the church where I was serving, he more leaned that way. And and so there there were important people in my life who introduced those things, and and gave me what I guess I would call a, an appreciation for it. And mm-hmm. so in churches where I've served. Um, if, if that wasn't so much a part of it, I would introduce it in small ways. Now, now Brookside, if, if, to speak of like the Advent celebration and recognition in particular, that was that was happening before I got here. So I, I don't know if I could speak too much to the history of it, only that I know that that's, mm-hmm. those readings have always been a part. Um, I, maybe a better way to describe what I at least see in my own denomination is like almost... Um, it, it we're inconsistently liturgical. So, uh-huh. <laughs> so there, there's, there's some things like Advent in most of the churches I've been, we've always recognized. Um, there, there's other moments, you know, in the, in the life of the church and the church calendar that get totally ignored. And again, mm-hmm. good or bad, right or wrong, mm-hmm. like that, that's just kind of been the way it is. But um, yeah. So when I, when I came here, um, I, well, and for the last, you know, six or seven years since I've been here, uh, I, I know that the church would would bring up a family uh, that would do an Advent reading that was centered on whatever the theme for the week is, and they'd light the candle, and, and those things have, have been really neat. And then, of course, we we, we kind of hearken back to it then at, at Easter time and speak about the Christ candle in, in one of the, mm-hmm. the Tenebrae service that we do. Um, but this year, we, we had been doing it the same way, and it, it's been great, but this year we thought, man, I, I wonder how we could, um, I don't know, sort of reach a little bit deeper, make it a little mm-hmm. more personal. And so as a staff, um, a little while back in one of our meetings, we started talking about the possibility of, well, what if instead of a prepared reading, what if we still lit the candle, 
but we had somebody come up and give a testimony about mm -hmm. that very thing. So, you know, whether, whether we're talking about peace or joy or, or love or what have you, um, we just started to brainstorm as a staff. Well, who do we know that's maybe been through something or who could speak mm -hmm. to God's, um, you know, presence in this, mm -hmm. in this Avenue. And we simultaneously, um, we found like videos that would would sort of introduce it and then we'd have the person come and read and we've we've we're two weeks in and i, I just personally have found it so incredibly mm -hmm. meaningful and i and i the things i hear i think other people have too to just hear these testimonies of of somebody who has found genuine peace or genuine joy um you know the, those sorts of things i mean it's just it's really cool because you get to know one another, you get to sort of carry one another's burdens in a way, but you also get to hear somebody who's going through maybe something that you're going through yeah. and who has come through on the other side saying, but wait, Christ is in this, yeah. you know, yeah. and that's, I think that's what we've been experiencing. Yeah. And that it's possible. Like, so I watched yeah. the first week I watched online and then we came this past week to watch cause you guys had the whole Christmas program and Araya had friends in it and she wanted to come hear them. And so yeah. we got to see it um, personally and both weeks so far have been, you know, people who have walked through really hard things mm -hmm. and in the midst of it or the aftermath of it, been able to hold on to hope and be yeah. able to hold on to peace. And I think that that's important just because kind of going back to what we had just talked about, like you can still choose it even when you're still in the waiting mm -hmm. and even when, so like this past week, like they're still in the waiting and they haven't gotten their yeah. promise fulfilled yet, but they're still able to hold on to peace in the midst of it. And yeah. so, um, yeah, it's been really like, I love it. Mm -hmm. It has as an outsider and as somebody, you know, just know, like it's been super effective oh, and good. it's been, um, I just, I mean, I'm all about like the personal testimony part of it. And so I think it just adds a whole different dynamic and a whole, um, a deeper way for other people to connect to it, I guess. Yeah. And it, it, one of the efforts we make anyway, I mean, ultimately we just try to find, you know, the person who we feel like could, could share something, uh, meaningful, but we also try to you know, like this, this week, it was a younger person, mm -hmm. you know, the other weeks it's, it's somebody who's a little bit older. And, and that's, that's our hope too, is that you can just find that connection somewhere, Yeah. Um, you know, in that. So yeah, thanks for saying that. That's, that's encouraging to know that it's not just us. Yeah, you know, no, it's great. And going, oh, this is good. No, it's so good. And I think like the thing for me personally, like with Advent is just, you know, like you said earlier, like this Christmas season is so stressful mm -hmm. sometimes. And then you want to throw in like, we're, I mean, this is the first year that we're doing all the sports craziness. Yeah. And so you throw in, like, we don't have a tree up yet. And yeah. Caleb asked us last night and he said, when are we going to get a tree? And Ranger was like, when have we had time? <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, you know, you throw in like all of just the, the outside things of, sports practices and then, you know, sicknesses or, you know, trying to do fun things with holiday experiences and stuff. And then it's like Advent to me, the reason I have such an appreciation for it now is it's that thing that kind of keeps me centered and like keeps me like focused on keeping Jesus at the forefront and keeping 
as cliche as it is, like the reason for the season mm, yeah. at the forefront of my mind every day and just focusing on that and focusing on, you know, the different themes each week and focusing on that, it keeps my eyes fixed there instead of around everything else that's in this season. Yeah. And one of, one of the things um, you reminded me of something else we've been doing during Advent is um, we, we started this a few years back. We do it at Lent and Advent, but we will put out a, like a, a devotional for, it'll cover every day throughout you mm-hmm. know the, the particular season. Um, but it's written by the people in our church. Mm-hmm. And so they'll, you know, every day we'll get it sent to us via email, but people get hard copies too. But um, it's, it's really cool to have that be the first thing that yeah. pops up, you know, cause I like, like a lot of us, um, for better or worse, one of the first things that I do just to kind of get my yeah. mind going in the morning is I'll check messages and things like that. And that's the first thing that always pops up is this this devotional written by somebody who I go to church with, yeah. um, who has their own unique perspective on the passage for that day. Yeah. And I and I think that I, I can I guess I can only speak personally, but that has helped me do what you're talking yeah. about too, is is really sort of center and focus and say, wait. That I, I don't again. I don't have to be a victim of my day. <laughs> Whatever yeah. comes this day, yeah. I I can be centered in in someone. Yeah, and it's funny because I actually get those. Oh, do you? And I forgot about it, but yeah, I so I read that in the morning, and then I also there's another devotional that I do about Advent, mm-hmm. and so I totally forgot about that. But yeah, I get those, and they've been really good so far. So yeah, yeah it's effective. So. It's appreciated oh, good. That, as an outsider <laughs> and it's, it's super appreciated. Good. Hey, I just wanted to interrupt the podcast really quick and tell you about a few local partnerships that I have going on with some downtown businesses. The first one is Sweet William Blossom Boutique. It is located at 90 West 2nd Street across from Carl's Townhouse. They have the best of the best chocolate covered strawberries. I mean, literally the best in the whole entire world, I think. Um, They also have gourmet apples, charcuterie boards, they sell candles, they sell a little bit of everything. And now they even have chicken noodle soup and it is phenomenal. I don't even like chicken noodle soup, but I tasted it and I fell in love. It's delicious. Um, They also have a combo where you can do um, chicken salad croissant with chicken noodle soup, and it is fantastic. And they just started selling Dirty Pop, cue all of the NSYNC music, and um, they're delicious drinks. They are pop mixed with some syrups and some creamer, and it's made with love, and it's fantastic. So go check them out if you have not been there yet. And I promise you will be so happy. And you can send, especially the chocolate covered strawberries. I'm a little bit partial and a little bit biased, but you can send them and they come in a wonderful pink box and it's just magical because it brightens your day right away. Also, the other one is Roast Coffee. It is located at 107 East 2nd Street in the Fort Collective. The best of the best coffee here in town, Um, best drinks, best atmosphere. You walk in, you see tons of people that you know and you get to love on and it's fantastic. The baristas are amazing. They get to know you, they know your order. I literally walk in and they have my drink made before I even pay. 
cannot say enough good things. Go check Roast Owl. Also, it's located in the Fort Collective, like I said, and so there's other stores in there. So you can shop while you wait for your coffee. And so, win, win, win. It's fantastic. Go check them out. Both of these places are absolutely wonderful. And if you go check them out, just let them know that I sent you. Okay, well, let's switch gears a little bit. And you had talked about um, how you have three kids in three different stages. And so what's interesting, and I kind of told you before we started, I don't know you super well as pastor. Mm -hmm. And, um, and it's so funny to me too, because I was trying to think about like when I met you and I, my first, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but my first introduction to you was December, 2019 at one of the Christmas programs for the school. Okay. And, um, so Araya went here for preschool and then we pulled her out and we put her back in, in 2019. So she was in second grade. And they had done a Christmas program and they had you come up and pray, I think over the offering. Okay. And I can't remember what you said, but I remember being like, oh my gosh, there's something about this guy. <laughs> and I told my sister-in-law, Jenny, who's the preschool director. And I said, he seems really legit, like really legit. He seems like he just really loves the school. Mm -hmm. Like I really like him. And so she just went on and on about how great you've been with the school and, and to them and all of the things. But then that was like the only introduction that I had of you. That was the first time I think I had even like seen your face. <laughs> and, um, and then we had talked a little bit through preparing for like national day of prayer stuff. I had mm -hmm. reached out to you about a few things and you weren't able to be a part of them, but you were always quick to respond and quick to like offer support and then I think I met you just last year. Like, mm -hmm. I think I grabbed you when I was working here for the school. Um, I grabbed you one morning and was just like, hey, I'm Elena, by the way. <laughs> I'm meet you. And um, so I hadn't, and we've come to church a few times since then. Um, and so I've heard you preach a few sermons and I've watched you online a few times, but our lives have kind of intersected more on the personal side of mm -hmm. things. And Cooper and Caleb played soccer together. And you coached Araya in a basketball camp a few years ago and then coached her again just a few weeks ago. And Chrissy's Caleb's aide in school. Oh, yeah. In his class. And um, and then she, Chrissy and I have become friends. And so I've gotten to know you more from her perspective as like a husband and dad and stuff. So it's interesting because I'm like, I don't really even know you as like pastor Ryan. Mm -hmm. I just know you as Ryan yeah. or coach Ryan or whatever. <laughs> so, um, so I, you know, when thinking about like how to ask you questions as a pastor, I'm like, I don't really know that side of you. I know more of the personal side. So that's kind of what I want to touch on a little bit is as a mom who has two younger kids, you know, 10 and seven, um, I'm always interested in hearing from parents who have gone before me a little bit. Mm -hmm. And so um, as someone who has a kid in college and in high school and in elementary, like, what does that look like? What does that look like to, to parent simultaneously someone who you've had to complete, not completely, but you know, let go of mm -hmm. and they're on their own and an adult, someone who 
completely needs you for all of the things as <laughs> she's eight. Yeah. Eight. And then, you know, Kaylin, who's in high school and is kind of in that in between of like, I'm independent and I can do all my things, but also like, I'm still under your roof and, yeah. and all the things. Yeah. Um, I feel like you said so much in the intro that I want to like come back <laughs> and, and unpack a little. Is that okay? To, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, thank you for the nice the story you told. That was, uh, that was friendly. I, you were one who I always saw around the school and eventually then learned who you were. Um, one of my favorite memories of you is, and I know we at, at that point still didn't know each other very well, but that, um, that Valentine's dinner that the school oh. had where we were all sitting at the same table. I, I had so much fun that night. Um, but yeah, the uh, thinking through all of those things, like those are the, the relationships that, that um, are very, I don't want to say uh, all of the relationships I have within the church and anywhere like are meaningful to me, but I, I suppose I, I hold as a particular treasure. You said, I don't know you as Pastor Ryan, but I know you just as Ryan. And and those are the things um, that that we've always treasured, those friendships, my wife and I in particular, um, because there is a sense in which when you, when you are a role in somebody's life, you can't help but become that. Now, mm -hmm. friendships are born out of that, and you can have friendships within that. But there's something comforting to to like show up and be. I'm just me. Like I'm mm -hmm. not. I'm not anything other than myself. It's why I, I always have fun going back and and seeing like friends from when I was younger or their parents in particular mm -hmm. that that only know me as this you uh -huh. know kid. I, to me, that's fun. Um, it sort of is is nostalgic. And so, um, the the way you just described it to me is very encouraging. The one other thing I was going to say before I answer your actual question is um, you were talking about those national day of prayer and thing like that. Like, do you remember why yeah. the, so the, the one, the one that I, I was so proud of myself trying to help you out. And, and I literally got the date wrong. Cause it was, it wasn't just something I do. It was like, show up at this time at this church and read something or say something. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I don't, we're sort of outside the city. And so uh -huh. there, um, sometimes I do feel a little bit disconnected from some of the things that are going on. So the fact that you, you know, drew me in, I was like, oh, this is great. Showed up a day late <laughs> and was like Tommy boy outside the <laughs> locked door, like pulling it open going, what in the world? So yeah, that was, I was, I thought about that and I was not going to bust you out, but since you busted yourself <laughs> <I> out, <did. laughs> um, it was before the election okay and it was oh, yeah, um yeah, yeah. and so we had gotten all the pastors together and to have you guys pray because it was still covid so it was like we had gotten all the pastors together and we asked you to pray over specific things and they were like well ryan bash and i was like he should be here he's like he told me he was coming <laughs> he swore he and so i kept and i had not met you at the time so i was like this is like but he said he'll be here and it's fine and so then you never showed up and I was like well maybe something came up I feel like he's really because there was one other time we had national day of prayer and you were supposed to come and you threw your back out or something but you let me know and you were like hey I am so sorry I'm not going to be there and so I was like he let me know last time like I don't think it's like him to just not show up yeah. and um but we moved on and it was fine and then the next day I get a text hey Lena I'm standing outside the <laughs> Where is everybody? And I was like, oh, that was yesterday. 
Yeah, gave me a nice, nice trip into town. But no, I, I appreciate your your gracious <laughs> assumption that surely I had a good reason other than that I could not remember a date. But yeah, so let me um, let me come back to the question. So asking about what that's like, you know, with, with kids in different ages, um, it's hard. Is that, <laughs> do you want a longer answer than that? It, no, it's um, it's awesome and it's hard and it's it's everything at once. So um, I guess what I've been finding, I, I almost have to like talk myself into this answer. So let me, <laughs> let me, I'm, I apologize. This will feel a little bit disjointed. So, so are you an just, external processor? Yes. So okay, let me, same. let me just start thinking out loud and, and then maybe there will be an answer somewhere in there. Um, one of the things that I found, especially, let me start with my son. He's, um, he's 19 years old. He's a, a freshman at Ohio Christian. And one of the things that I have found with him is that it's, it's very, very um, painful to start to let go in certain aspects. So what I did discover is there's not as much letting go as I thought there would be. Mm -hmm. um, it, and I don't just mean because I can't. I mean, appropriately, like when, when your child is at those earliest stages of adulthood, there's still so much they need in terms of like um, the support looks different, but it, it doesn't lessen, you mm -hmm. know? So, so there's conversations we have now that we didn't have before. Um, I find that, that the challenge for me was going from, Hey, here's what you're going to do to, Hey, here's what I would suggest you do, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, then taking hands off and going, you know, it's up to you, man, you know, go for it. And so, um, the, the biggest challenge there has been this sort of panic I felt in his senior year, asking myself, did I do enough? Is mm -hmm. he ready? Um, are they ready to, to do adult type things? And like, maybe, maybe not. That was of less concern to me. My biggest concern was character wise, integrity wise, is, is he ready to go out into this world and be a man of God? you know, without being, having that umbrella of parenthood mm -hmm. over him. Um, those are the questions that, that I was asking and not because my son caused me to ask those questions. My, he's fantastic. He honestly, my son is, is one of the, the men that I admire most in this world. Now I get emotional if I talk too long about that, but he's a good dude and, mm -hmm. and I'm proud of him. Um, so it wasn't that he, he caused me to ask that. It was just that, you know, I, I've, I've been from the time before he was born, I was worried, like, will I be enough as mm -hmm. a parent, as a man, you know, will I be enough to raise up another human being? And, and you ask those questions of, well, I, I did, I shouldn't say anybody else. I've asked those questions a lot of myself. So, so his has been this unique transition of, um, you, you do become, you, the, the friendship level increases, mm -hmm. you know, we, we do some things together that just for fun. Um, but, but that piece is hard. It's hard being able to, um, help somebody who's not in your presence all the time too. Mm -hmm. you to help from a distance is, is a challenge. Um, I would like to think then my daughter who's 16 coming behind him, that all those lessons I learned, um, would have made it really simple. I thought, Oh, good. Second time. This would be easy. <laughs> she is a hundred percent different person than he mm -hmm. is. Um, she's also a girl where he's a, a boy. <laughs> so like those differences come out. 
um, just in terms of, of how they react to the world and, and the, the needs that they have and all that. So, um, yeah, that's been a whole different, unique set of challenges. My son and I um, are a lot alike in how we process the world. My daughter and I are a lot alike in, in our interests. And mm-hmm. so there's a, there's a different way that I engage with her. Um, and so that's been exciting. It's been challenging. We have, we, she and I tend to have, you know, a, a similar sense of humor. And so, you know, there's a, um, that part's been fun, you know, watching her grow up, um, you know, of course, same with my son, the, the sort of the young adults they're becoming. Mm-hmm. And then we have, uh, my youngest who is eight and who her arrival in this world was it, it, to use the word shock to us is, <laughs> is insufficient. Um, but we, we were not anticipating that we'd have a third child when she came. Um, she is like both of her siblings. She's unlike both of her siblings. She is, um, you know, in the midst of sort of teenage angst or young adult, you know, struggles that they go through, she's sort of like this drop of, of, you know, delight that comes in and just (laughs) flutters around and has, has no concerns until recently. And that, that's, that's the other piece of it is that all of my kids, um, and, and I'm, I'm wondering, I'm supposing I hear from other parents, a lot of them could say the same thing, but all of my kids have, have battled anxiety, especially Mm -hmm. in these last couple of years. And it looks different mm-hmm. when you're 19 than when you're, you know, 15, 16, than when you're eight. Mm-hmm. And so trying to, um, trying to manage all of those and help them through all of those when it's not the same answer for all of them right. <laughs> is challenging. And so if I could, I, I want to get to an actual answer and then stop and, and see if there's anything it's, it's prompted in you. But um the thing I used to think about as a parent was that, especially as a pastor, and and, and I, I don't know if, I, I guess I just don't know if other parents can appreciate this in the same way that like a pastor parent could. Um, but as a pastor, especially, my thought was, my kids have to grow up knowing a lot about the Bible. My kids have to grow up you know, um, understanding theology. And I, and I want to invest all these things in it. And, and we have in different ways. But but my biggest burden as a parent was, I have to teach you these things and sort of impart wisdom. And, mm-hmm. and I grew up, um, I can't, I, I think we're, you and I are at least close to the same age. I don't want to insult you if you're <laughs> younger than me. Um, but I grew up in the era of like Full House. And, yeah. these, you know, these, yeah. these family mm-hmm. sh- shows, um, that had a moral at the Uh end and there's always a dad who, you know, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, in my mind as a dad, I had to be Danny Tanner. I had to be, you know, all these, these models we had growing up where, Hey, you sit down with your kid on the bed and you Uh say this super wise (laughs) thing. And they're just like, Oh, dad, you're the smartest man alive. Um, What I found, especially as my son, you know, left the home was that it was, like those things were important. They were part of the, they factored in, I guess um, I'd say, but the thing that mattered and the thing that I hear my kids talk about is like all the time that I spent with them Mm -hmm. growing up. So um, to give you context, where we used to live um, was a, a, the the church I pastored was a small church. We didn't have a ton of things going on throughout the week. And they told me when I came in, um, 
we really only need you in the office a couple days a week. And I was like, I, I didn't know that when I had told the Lord, yes, I'll go to this place. So I, it was kind of a shock. Um, and so it opened the door for me to do some other things. But but most importantly, it, it left me home with my kids for, um, you know, more time than I was anticipating. We also, during those years, were homeschooling our kids a lot of those years. And so um, I was just around them all the time. And so with my son, the hours we spent trying to to beat this particular Mario game or the, <laughs> the, the days I spent with both of them, like trying to, we'd, we'd make up scavenger hunts, treasure hunts, things like that in the house. And we, we do all this stuff and, and they remember that mm-hmm. um, they treasure that. And, and what I realized is now, especially as they've gotten older, my kids are very different. So finding the things that they love to do, like my son and I, we love to, to go out to eat. We love to go see a movie. My daughter, um, plays like all sports it feels like and so Mm -hmm. helping to coach you know one of her teams and going to all her games my youngest um seems to be into everything and so going to her art show or you know those are the things that i that i find like as a christian parent and 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 i i guess i can say for myself as a pastor as well you sort of hold yourself to this standard of well my household has to look like this and at the end of the day um Lord, help me to know my children. Yeah, to know who they are. Um, the 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 learning curve for me over the years, and I'm so sorry this answer has been no. You're I, you're I fine. I'm gonna stop with <laughs> this. Fine. I close. That's my um, <laughs> the biggest learning curve I've had is to learn who my kids are, mm-hmm. and and to to meet them in their um, level of maturity, to meet them in their in their anxiety and to recognize, wait, what is bad attitude? And what is, is this place where they cannot, because of where they are at their age, they cannot find a way out out of this. And how do I, how do I soften as a parent and go, okay, I want to help you through this. Not just here's the standard we have in this house and and this is what I expect. Um, Everybody parents differently. And so I always find it hard to, advise anybody the lord will speak to you mm-hmm. or me differently but that's what it is for me and i promise i'd stop there, no so. you're fine <laughs> and i think you know again like it's new and and so i feel like i'm still a lot on the outside but mm-hmm. you know chrissy and i became friends like around may ish and so like through summer and stuff we talked a lot and then um but from somebody on the outside like you've got great kids and I don't know Cameron as well. Cause he was like on his way out Mm -hmm. when we, I really started to get to know you guys, but um, you know, Araya is very, um, she's very quiet. She's very selective Mm -hmm. on, she's very introverted. She's very selective on who she lets in and who she hangs out with. And um, she's not social. Um, but there's something about Kaylin that Mm. she adores and she has been so kind and so sweet to pour into Araya and even to the point where, um, like she was supposed to have a basketball game yesterday and it got canceled, but Kaylin had at the game last week, um, cause their schedules are so weird. And so literally the game last week was, I think the only game that we'll get to come to of varsity. Oh, okay. And, um, 
she begged and begged and begged to come and support. And her reason was she wanted to watch Kaylin and a few, there's a few other girls that she's really connected to, but Kaylin was one of the main ones. Mm-hmm. And so then afterwards she was like, Kaylin said, she's going to come to my game next week. Mm-hmm. And so then when we found out that it got canceled on Monday, um, as soon as she found out it got canceled, she said, can you text Kaylin's mom and tell her that it got canceled? Cause I just want her, I want to make sure that she knows. Yeah. And so I did, and I told her, you know, I told Chrissy, but they play on Tuesday. If she can come, great. If she can't, don't worry about it. And she was like, I told her, and she said she's going to try to be there. And as a mom, I'm like, I love that she has somebody that, you know, has already taken the time to kind of invest in her mm-hmm. and to to show up for her and to be there for her. And so, you know, as a mom, like that means a lot. Like you got a good kid. Mm -hmm. And then Cooper's just, she's just, she's a baller. (laughs) And she, and then like, I asked her at the game last week, if she had a, if she had a part in the program and, um, on Sunday and she did. And so when we came to watch her, she did her little solo and she was so good. And I just sat there and thought she really is just good at everything. (laughs) That's how that's how we needle the older two is that she she tries everything they do and she's oh wow she's good at that yeah <laughs> and I mean like out there on the soccer field like she dominated and then like I've heard that in the basketball she's dominating and I'm like she is just good at everything she does but she's also really sweet hmm. and really kind and she you know, it's just, we sat and talked for a little bit last week and she's just, you've got really respectful, sweet, kind kids. And so I think like, you know, our number one thing is that they know Jesus and that they love Jesus and stuff, but also like how they act when they're out and about. And so, you know, for the times that you're not around them, know that they represent you well. They're, they're good, good kids. That's encouraging. And I, and our kids, um, you know, Lord, Lord willing, they'll say the same thing when they're grown and, and out. But the, I mean, we've asked our kids a lot because, you know, you hear that um, kind of thing that people say about pastor's kids and how they can sort of react and rebel against, you know, that my kids have, have mostly expressed to me that, that they have enjoyed growing up in yeah. the church, like with, with their dad having the role that he does. And, um, and, and truthfully, our kids have had a lot of um, one of the beautiful things about being a part of a church is that my kids have had a lot of people do that same thing for them. They've invested in them. Mm -hmm. And so I, I am encouraged to hear um, that they have, you know, at least in in some Mm -hmm. small way, passed that on. Um, Certainly that's, that's what we encourage them to do. But, you know, my, my kids have always been shy. My kids have always been, um, you know, in their own way, like, the, uh, the way you described your daughter too. Mm-hmm. And so I think they know what it's like. I think they um, have had good people who've loved them enough to meet them in that. And, and so anyway, that that's a tremendous encouragement yeah. to hear you say this. <laughs> yeah. Well, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you want to make sure that you talk about or say? Uh, boy, I, uh, I, I will say, one thing I, when, when I thought about that earlier, I had something and it was, it was so great. And now it's gone. <laughs> and no, I, uh, 
No, I, the, the one thing I did want to tell you in particular, because you've mentioned your friendship with Chrissy before, and like, I, I can't tell you how meaningful that is to her. And, and then of course, by extension, me, um, you know, I, I've told you this, I think elsewhere, but, um, especially the timing of your friendship, you know, and, and all that she has gone through in the last you know year or two, um, the, the, the way that you've been a friend, I mean, it, it has just ministered to her in a way that I, I don't know if she's expressed to you. I don't know if I have properly, but um, we're we're big fans of you in my house oh, and and your whole family. And and like I said before, I'm just I'm grateful that every time I go into town, I run into you, and you're <laughs> you're meeting with people or you're you're doing something that's helpful to this community. And it's like, man, it, it's just it's awesome. I just, I feel like I see you everywhere I go. And, it, and, and I think that just speaks to your love for the church, for your love for this area. And um, anyway, that's, well, that's thanks. what I want to say. Thank you. I appreciate that a ton. Okay. Well, the last question that I like to ask people, so, and just to give you a little background, like, so I have a lady in my life who is like a mentor to me and we worked together, um, at OCU back when I worked there and, um, we would have lunch together like once a week or something. And she would ask me at the end of every lunch, like, or dinner, wherever we were, she'd be like, okay, so what's the Lord speaking to you? Hmm. And it just, I mean, there were times where like, I wasn't reading like I should, or I wasn't praying like I should. And I'd be like, she's going to ask me this. I got to have an answer and I got it. Okay. Okay. What do I need to do? And so, but I loved it because it, we had some of our best conversations around that, around that question. Mm -hmm. And so I like to ask all the people that are on the podcast, the same question, because I just, I think it, it just shows a different side of things. So what now Right now, we kind of talked about like what the Lord's speaking, what you feel he's saying over Chilla Coffee, but what do you feel like he's speaking to you personally now? Yeah, I, uh, I think the first way to answer that, like the first thing that comes to mind for me is, uh, especially because we're sitting in my office today, <laughs> uh, is I think of that pastorally and, and that one has become, what he's been speaking in that way has become really clear lately. And it's, if I can put it into words, well, I don't know. Um, but the best way to summarize it is to, is to be a shepherd again, um, mm -hmm. where I, where I used to minister, um, prior to coming to Brookside was a, a smaller congregation than this. And, and I just was in position to know everybody really well in my church. I didn't just know them, but I knew a lot of their people in their family that didn't even go to our church. I mean, it was just that, that level of, of fellowship and community coming to Brookside, um, which had more people. And then um, I, I didn't have a staff before I was here. So that was kind of a new dynamic for me. Um, I had to adjust to, to seeing my role a little bit differently. Um, you know, really thinking strategically became more important, um, at least in a different way, not more important, but but differently. Um, investing in our staff, you know, I had to prioritize that. And so the level of attention and time you could give to, you know, 75 people is different than 
you know, hundreds of people. Mm -hmm. And so, and so I found that I had to figure out how to pastor differently. Um, and then when we go through, through COVID and you see people really struggling just, just mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all of the, all of those different ways. Um, what I started to discover, and as a staff, we just started to discover this is that, you know, what meant a ton to people is, um, when we'd call them up and check on them and, mm -hmm. and starting to find ways to spend time with people. So, so organizationally, then we started becoming interesting, interested in, um, those, those fellowship opportunities, you know, how can we get people together just to have time to serve together or get to know one another. But personally, I felt like the Lord was reminding me, um, it's never been about what you can achieve as a minister. It's never been about what you could feel like you accomplish and then pat yourself on the back or, or finding some, um, place of influence or platform or anything like that. It's never about that. It's always about, um, who is hurting today? Who needs you to think of them, pray for them, call them. Um, and so I find myself, and, and that was always a place of comfort for me as a pastor. Anyway, there's things I don't do very well as a, as a pastor, but, but I've always cared a lot about people. And, and I, it's just that reminder that that still, no matter the size of your church, no matter the type of ministry you're in, that's still the thing that matters more than mm -hmm. anything is taking time for people and encouraging them, um, helping them to see how much they matter. And, and so when, when you're struggling, especially as a church um, after COVID and you see your numbers lower or you see people who would still call this their church, which you just don't see them very often anymore. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I think a lot of us have seen that sort of thing. I can't tell you how many minutes, how many hours that I or that our staff has spent like weeping mm -hmm. over what can we do? How do we, how do we fix this? What do we do? And, um, and then you have people that don't like the decisions you made through all mm -hmm. that. I mean, it's hard, but, um, the one thing that made a difference through all that was, look, if, if this is what we were, and this is what we now are, who cares? We'll put that in the Lord's hand. That's, that's his business. Our business is continuing to proclaim the good news. And, and as people are a part of this fellowship, learning how to care for them and, and, and love them. And I think I have to be reminded of that every time I am tempted to, to look at myself or look at another church or compare myself to mm -hmm. another minister or leader or whatever, and go, well, wait, Ryan, you're not this and you're not this and you're not this and i have to lay that down and just go no i'm not <laughs> but mm -hmm. but god uh somebody told me something that really freed me a long time ago is he said he put certain capacities and certain abilities in your hand and you don't have to apologize for using those mm -hmm. and not using things that he didn't give you and um and i have to be reminded of that that he did give me a, a capacity to to love people um so do it. Yeah. <laughs> and be yeah. faithful to it. <clears throat> yeah. That's so good. That's so good. Um, well, I think that's it. That's about yeah. it. So thank you again. Um, it's been a really, really fun 
time. I've enjoyed this. Yeah, for, a me, for me too. I, um, I, I tend to be a shy person. I like, I get up and preach. And then after that, I, I kind of come back <laughs> into this introvert cave in a way. And uh, so these aren't the sort of things that I am always chomping at the bit to, <laughs> to be recorded or anything like that. But um, genuinely, it, I, I had a blast. Like, it was really cool and great questions. Great time. I appreciate it. Great. Well, thank you. It is winter time and that means some amazing smelling candles. I love winter scents and I love winter scents at Maggie and Me Candle Company. Uh, actually, the first candle I ever got from them was I think last year and it was at winter and it is one of my all-time favorites and they all smell amazing. You cannot go wrong. Um, go check them out. They are sold at High Five Bakery, New System Bakery, at Nelly Dog. Um, and then you can also find them at maggieandme.shop. So go check them out, buy some candles, let them know that Alana sent you and show them some love. They are hand poured. They are soy based. They are good for you. They are good for the environment and they are made with so much love. So go check them out at maggieandme.shop or at some of the local businesses downtown. I hope you all enjoyed that episode with Pastor Ryan Bash. It was absolutely fantastic. I just cannot say enough good things. Um, if you are looking for a church and want to check out Brookside, they are located at 2215 Egypt Pike. So you can check them out some Sunday morning. Um, guys, I just want to say again, our pastors that we have in our community are top notch. Um, every time I sit down and talk to one of them, I'm just reminded of how blessed we truly, truly are. Um, we've got some incredible leaders here. And so just take some time to thank the Lord for the pastors. And also, if you have a pastor, um, take some time to to send them a note of appreciation and, and send um, any of the pastors who have been on the podcast so far, send them a note of appreciation as well. Uh, they are just all so fantastic. And I am so thankful that I get the opportunity to sit down and chat with them and hear their hearts a little bit and to share that with you all. Um, so it was a really, really fun one. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I hope you have a fantastic week. And I will see you back next week for another episode of Pour It Out. <laughs>